Um, it's so lovely to meet you. Beth. Yeah, it's very nice to meet you. I've heard a lot. I'm excited to get to know you more now over the podcast. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just so, when I pulled up my interview questions, I had written them, I think like back at the end of November. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, yay, pre-prepared Sarah already wrote her <laughs> questions. It's been such a long time trying to meet. Yeah. Life getting in the way. Yeah, and, thanks for yeah. being patient. Sorry, it was uh, no, I'm... postponed for a bit. No, it's good though. It's good to be able to meet in a place that feels good, mm-hmm. right? Welcome to the Kinda Okay podcast, where we talk about things that aren't okay in hopes of making them feel more okay. I'm Sarah Crossley, creator of It's Kinda Okay Comics and the Grown Pain Zine, an independent publication featuring rad women and non-binary creatives. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to have not one, but two guests on this episode. One is the incredible Rosanna Morrell, owner of Belle Isle Botanicals, candle maker, flower presser, overall wholesome and hilarious bean. And the other is Beth Simmons, tiny forest crafter, intricate illustrator, and founder of The Cove in Bristol. I really am so happy to speak of both of you together, to meet you for the first time, Beth, and to have some big kind of okay chats today. Really excited. You made me wait. <laughs> <laughs> We're already crying. It's great. It's off to a good start. <laughs> I'm really nervous. Uh, it's, I'm nervous too. I've been wandering around the house for the last half hour with pre-podcast jitters, yeah. just like not quite sure what to do with myself. So um, you're not alone. <laughs> How's um how's life in Bristol at the moment? It's good. Yeah, yeah it's good. There's, I mean, we can't do much. Um, I don't know how bad it is here at the moment. I'm avoiding the the doom scrolling. Yeah, I think it's a, I don't think it's too bad. Like the infection rate, just from what I've heard. But I also don't really look up things. We're in a bubble in the flat. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay how is it how is it in Canada yeah I mean we're really lucky where we are uh it's very isolated kind of on the island the case numbers were going up after after Christmas um but yeah kind of the same like we just kind of stick with our bubble and mm-hmm. we've got a lot of outdoor space here so it's a little bit different in that sense like you can literally disappear in the woods and not think about it for a day so yeah it's kind of kind of nice in that way for sure it's really interesting just just in like life things it's like first first reaction when saying like how is it in Bristol is like COVID case numbers yeah (laughs) weird new reality of life (laughs) yeah oh I'm glad you guys have each other yeah really super grateful for that like Mm -hmm. the first lockdown we weren't living together and that really sucked so mm. I think we've bumped into each other at Wilco. 
oh I made it was like the best part of my week we just like coincidentally <laughs> ran into each other in Wilco and I kind of creeped up behind you like hello <laughs> Yeah. Distance, yeah, distance shopping together. <laughs> yeah, so wholesome. Yeah, it was. He was shopping for like gardening supplies. Yeah, <laughs> he also had to get eyebrow pencil as normal. <laughs> nice. I must say, your makeup is absolutely fierce. Thank you. So. I've gone into full drag to meet you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm honored. <laughs> not usually so much eyebrow going on it's quite minimal (laughs) it's great um yeah so basically I'm gonna do a little funny cheesy intro and then we'll dive into some questions and like it's always nice to start off like you guys are the best authority on your own lives um on you know like your own independent businesses and stuff like that so don't worry too much about it sounding professional or formal or you can swear like it's all (laughs) it's all about like being really honest and open um so yeah and if you need to take a second to like think about the question that's also fine um we tried to do an episode on my birthday where Tom and our friend Lakin interviewed me and I, it was so funny to be on the other end of it and like you get halfway through answering a question and it's like what what did you ask me <laughs> <Can't be similar. laughs> so it's it's totally fine to go on tangents and and everything usually ties together in the end if we just flow with it Ooh. so just don't worry too much about it it's fine <laughs> has the cove has the cove been open recently well online but the physical shop yeah. is now not there anymore it's a different thing now um, oh gotcha yeah so but it's fine we're working towards the new space so it's something nice to look forward to nice yeah cool it's it's cool to see like how things evolve mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's like a scary time right now but it's also really exciting <laughs> just once the pieces fall into place it's just we're now at the stage where everything's just falling and you're just like oh hopefully <laughs> lands nicely <laughs> yeah it's hopefully like a cat it'll just land on all its feet yeah <laughs> and then run away yeah. and take off and be a massive success hopefully mm-hmm. sell loads of your zines they did mm-hmm. well in the shop before so yeah oh it just like it really makes my heart melt to know that like there were actual people in an actual space picking up issues of growing pains like, yeah that's Makes my heart it was great yeah all the times that I was in and people got one or picked them up they were like really excited about it there was some people who came into the shop because they saw the zines in the window mm-hmm. and were like ah oh, zines very keen it was good <laughs> that makes it all worth doing I think <laughs> just hearing little things like that yeah so. okay I'm gonna do a little cheesy intro and then I'll jump right in Actually, can we take a breath together? That's always a nice way to enter yes, the space. Nice. <laughs> um, can I ask what both of your pronouns are before we begin? Yes. Uh, she. Yeah, she has. She has. Very cool. 
Um, what's feeling kind of okay for both of you today? Um, I guess just life in general. Obviously, the pandemic and everything is still happening, which is not really okay. But we're in a nice little bubble in Akhmat, and very grateful to get to be together. Mm, Beth, as you leaned over there, you, all your audio kind of cut out a little oh, bit. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, being in our flat makes makes going through the pandemic okay. You know, like being together, that makes it kind of okay. It's not great that we can't go out and do everything that we'd normally do and see all the other people we'd usually see, but at least we get to be with each other through it. Hmm. Yeah, Rosanna. <clears throat> I, yeah, you? I got to leave the house today, which was nice. I haven't gone for a walk for a while, so I went for a walk and I met my friend Sarah, and it was really nice to get some fresh air and saw loads of doggies, which I love. So that was more than okay. That was that was good, good, good. <laughs> um, yeah, and just generally, everything's kind of okay. It's kind of fine, like getting through, but. You know, it could all be a lot better. And I'm feeling quite bitter about that. Yeah, it's a hard time to be alive, right? Mm. Like, I like what, I mean, I don't like it, but yeah, like it's kind of okay. It's not great. Mm. It could be better. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can't really complain. I'm in a good position, but I'm still, I'm still feeling restricted. Um, and just really understimulated and frustrated. I mean, I can't mm. sort it out myself. I can go out for more walks. It's just getting the motivation. Yeah, it's a huge mental weight to, um, you know, being being in lockdown in the UK. Like it's a it's a huge mental undertaking and emotional roller coaster. And I mean, when we were talking before the episode started about like tuning out from the news, that's actually, you know, like a really good self-care practice mm -hmm. at times because when it doesn't feel like things are getting better, it can be kind of nice to just tune it all out and just focus on other stuff. Yeah, just give yourself a bit of a break. Yeah. How did you two meet? and become friends, roommates, business partners. Yeah, <laughs> all the things. Uh, we met trading at a market like almost two years ago. Mm. No. October, was it? I think it was end of September, yeah. sometime around that that time, 2019, before everyone, everyone went crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, but we didn't talk actually, we were talking about this earlier on because we were going for your questions and so we were having a little reminisce about when we first met which we actually kind of do quite a lot really yeah we're we quite do. Our <laughs> relationship. Yeah, we chat the first couple of hours because we're pretty similar we're both quite grouchy <laughs> uh in the morning part of the market kind of sat there hoping that you've not wasted your time in your sunday <laughs> lion and you hope you get some sales and that kind of thing and then it gets to a point in the afternoon when usually sort of wake up a bit more and up for a chat mm. and we started chatting yeah and I just it was just easy I like I'm quite I feel like I'm an awkward person and I don't find anyone everyone easy to talk to but it was just easy with you and yeah I mean I didn't bond over. yeah 
I didn't feel, think that you were, I was also feeling kind of awkward and I always felt awkward about like <clears throat> introducing myself to people. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, and anyone in life, you know, it's a bit kind of uncomfortable uh, sometimes, but mm. it can be great. And now we're best friends, soulmates, housemates, business partners, all that. Yeah, it's nice. It's very nice. It's such a beautiful thing when it flows and like yeah. when you don't have to try. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah, definitely. Like we just started hanging out a lot because it turned out that we live really close together as well sort of like 10 minute walk away from each other's home so it was easy just kind of felt like kismet <laughs> meant to be yeah oh that's so lovely <laughs> um what's the <laughs> <laughs> can't take a sip of tea yeah get it out. <laughs> tea leaf in my mouth <laughs> What's one thing you love about yourself the most and one thing you love about each other? So I love the, the thing I love about myself, which is like kind of new and evolving thing um, is I've learned to be more assertive and not feel bad about taking up space and being a boss in my business and like being able to transfer that into the rest of my life has also been great um so I like that I like that about myself I think I'm quite a patient person and what I absolutely completely adore and love and admire about Rosanna is her able to just kind of put it in the fuck it bucket <laughs> and not think like overthink things I overthink things so much that you you just and you make me be able to do that as well like I'll be stressing about something and you're just kind of like, it's fine, you know, there's nothing immediate that you can do about it right now. And it doesn't really matter ultimately or whatever it is. It helps yeah, me a lot. Bucket. Put it in the fuck it bucket. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Overall bad bitch energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I'd say the thing that I love about myself is fairly new as well. Um, um, but the things I never really liked wearing makeup, I could never be asked to do it. I was doing it to, it was like a mask, I guess. Um, and now I'll go to the shop with the studio with like frizzy hair and no makeup and spots all over my face and not really care at all because I'm comfortable and it makes my life easier, which is great. <laughs> so I'm really glad that I've gotten to that point. Um, and yeah, just kind of accepted this is it. and. There's nothing that I can do to change anything. I don't, can't really be asked to change anything. So just have a good time. <laughs> um, and oh, Beth. <laughs> um, I mean, everything. I love everything about Beth. She's very wise and she's very rational. And I am able to put it in the fuck it bucket, but sometimes I just need to be reassured and grounded a bit and Beth is very good at doing that because everything you say you, you, you're saying because it's true not because it's like yeah you know you're trying to make me feel better which you are but it's also true and it's also really good advice and also I can be so I'm so comfortable around you when I can be gross my grosser self yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true love yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really like this idea that like um you know like everybody's had to come to this 
different kind of acceptance of self throughout the last year of a pandemic and like you know I I definitely resonate in that like I used to feel like I had to put makeup on Mm -hmm. and now like when I do wear makeup it's a choice to feel powerful to to feel a certain way rather than feeling that it's you know um something I have to do I guess Mm -hmm. and the more that I saw my face without makeup the more I was like oh yeah like yeah you get used to it is what I look like yeah (laughs) yeah I mean I I think I've had a touch of I mean I'm in full drag now like I said (laughs) um but it was a choice and Mm -hmm. I was like just excited to do my eyeliner and like try a different sort of style and everything but we went out for a walk the other month mm-hmm. and I didn't have any makeup on and that was probably the first time in I don't know like years since I was a teenager maybe uh where I left the house and walked around our neighborhood where people saw me in my whole face and it was fine I kind of forgot and it was nice mm-hmm. to have actual air in my pores rather than them being covered up <laughs> It was great. We were on a nice forest walk, and it felt good to be naked face in nature. Mm-hmm. We hugged a tree. It was beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, seeing my face throughout COVID and not doing my makeup every day has been great. And yeah. your encouragement mm-hmm. and you being so happy with yourself and all of that has also inspired me in that way. I think. Yeah, I love that about it. I love that I, it can rub off on people. That's what I want. I want other people to just say, fuck it. Yeah. Just fuck it. Couldn't fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, can you describe your relationship with sadness? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well that is a question. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's it's a long journey that is still ongoing. And initially when I, when I was younger, um, so I have borderline personality disorder. So my relationship with sadness might seem different or more extreme or I don't know, just different to people who maybe don't have that or have something else or, you know. Um, so I spent a long time denying the sadness and repressing it and pretending like that wasn't really me. And then it kind of all crashed down and when all that came out uh when everything came out how depressed I was and I had sort of just very dark times when I was around 18 19 um my relationship with sadness just had to change because I couldn't deny it because it was there and it was just getting worse by hiding it and I had to talk to other people about it because by not talking to them I wasn't allowing them to know who I am and like how I feel and be there for me in a way that I wasn't allowing them to which wasn't fair ultimately and and now it's different um I see sadness as like a good thing in a lot of ways it means I can appreciate when I'm not sad I can feel joy and elation on the other end of it and I also think it's the times when I've been the most sad in my life I've changed the most all the better a bit shaky because it's (laughs) emotional subject um so I mean it's hard and it doesn't really feel like it at the time but I think it's such a good opportunity for personal growth and find new passion and find new people who will support you if that's the reason why you're sad if you've lost people you know it's a it's a good opportunity to make a good change to rediscover things that make you happy if you've forgotten 
what they are. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Okay. That's um it's a very developed relationship with sadness. Yeah, I mean I think everyone has their own version of that in some sense, even if it's not to as much extremes, and you just have to come to realize that you need it to be able to have happiness as well. But it's okay yeah. to be sad. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've moved through a lot of aspects of it in order to have the perspective that you that you have. And it, that doesn't always make it easier when you're in sad mode. <laughs> but... <Why not? laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, that's why it's so important to have people like Rosanna and it's important for Rosanna to have me and, and you and her mum and me and have my all my support network basically you know so that and it's important for me to be open and honest with people who are in that to say that this is how I feel right now like you know it's all fine everything's going to work out okay and I believe in myself but also when I'm down like it's not fun and I am very down on myself and it's not gonna it's not always fun for people who love me to have to talk to me and I'm like that I'm very defeatist and it can be like everything that they say I have an answer for and there's been a lot of like frustrated conversations and things but it's all just part of like our relation my relationship with that person growing and the support system getting stronger and you know them learning how to support me and how also me learning how to be supported like how to let people help me in that way yeah yeah, definitely. Sounds like you've done a lot of, a lot of growing as yeah. a human being. <laughs> I've had I've had a few bouts of therapy, um, and that's been really helpful. Some have not been as helpful directly, but now they are. Now I have better perspective on things, and yeah, I think again, like I put so much importance on my support network and the people I know, and I think I've grown so much since knowing you. And like you and my life, like all the other people I've gotten to meet since moving to Bristol, whether they're still around in my life or not, are reasons that I've grown and changed. So I'm pretty grateful for that. Yeah, I think it's one of the most important things to have a good good network of of people you can turn to when things go not even blue, like a dark gray. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's the worst that's so much worse than blue is just nothing gray yeah mm -hmm. yeah definitely and Rosanna what about you with your relationship with sadness um it's I don't know it's I've always had like I don't know I guess I've probably always had depression um I'm I'm on antidepressants and have been for a while so sadness is kind of just something that is always there um but I don't know I feel like now I'm able to hand, handle it um more so than I was you know when I was a teenager and in that nobody understands me kind of sadness um but another thing is I think we've spoken about this quite a lot is like I've kind of been invalidating my own sadness and my own feelings um because like after meeting Beth and getting to know her and stuff, it kind of put my my stuff into perspective and it made me feel like maybe, you know, I should, I don't know, I've, I've spoken to my friend Maisie about it as well. She's training to be a counsellor. And she said to me like, 
you can't compare yourself to anyone else's mental health. What you're going through is your own and nobody should have to go through that. Um, and that was just really validating to hear that I'm not, I don't have like some more extreme mental health issues um, that have more of an impact on people's daily lives. I don't, I'm fortunate enough to have anxiety and depression, which is controlled by you know, pills. Um, and I get, I get by it and maybe to cope with it because it's, it's just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like it was a, that much of a problem that maybe I was just kind of putting it, exaggerating it a bit. So it was really helpful to talk to, to you Beth about that because like it kind of made me, it, it kind of made me pause on getting better in a way because I was just, oh, just, you know, you're fine. There are worse things going on for other people. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think I've told you before, it's not like comparable. I don't think you should compare the two mm -hmm. things. And just because I have BPD and like it might impact me more often doesn't mean that like when it impacts you, that's less painful. Mm -hmm. Like it's yeah. still like pain is pain. Like, you know. But I'm glad it helps. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I always reminds you that your pain is equally as justifiable as mine, yeah. and you have every right to feel however you feel about pain. I think it's really important for like people to be told that as well. Mm. Definitely, I think like one of the biggest things about therapy that helped me so much was just someone listening to things that I was saying and things I've been through and being like, "Oh, that shit. Like, you know, that sounds like it would have been really hard." you're like yeah it was really hard yeah and a big wave of release just like comes out and you can cry that it's mm -hmm. fine because someone's justified that it's that's hard that's hard for anyone to go through like even if you don't have borderline or bipolar or other extreme mental health struggles yeah and I mean I wouldn't like say to someone else with generalized anxiety and depression I wouldn't say to them you know it's like you're experience with mental health isn't valid because it's not it's as as extreme as this mental health illness like it's just I wouldn't say that to someone else so no I shouldn't say that to myself I guess. Mm -mm. yeah it's interesting the relationship that we have with minimizing our own feelings mm -hmm. um in the last episode I recorded with known wells that I think you'll both really enjoy he's um just like a wonderful feely human in general but we're talking a lot about um when parents say to kids like that are upset and feeling really sensitive when they go like you're fine you're fine mm -hmm. and, you know like teaching like it's a learned thing to minimize our feelings and to not feel that they're valid and to give ourselves the same space that you're talking about in therapy where you know like someone can sit there and say like oh that's shit that's hard like, I'm sorry that that happened mm -hmm. and, or is happening for you. And it's like, how do we cultivate that space within ourselves? Mm -hmm. Which I think is really interesting, like to hold that space and just, you know, appreciate that. Yeah, it is. Shit. Yeah, because <laughs> I find it I find it very often like it, it's interesting with me and my partner because I'm such a feely human and he's kind of on the polar opposite of the of the feely spectrum <laughs> um and so you know these seemingly small things get blown out of proportion in my 
emotional reaction. Um, and the worst thing that someone can say to me in that moment is like, what are you worried about? Like, why are you worrying? That's not important. Like you're making it too big of a deal. And like at, at least, at least this and at least that. Mm -hmm. It's not helpful. Yeah. yeah. And it's so minimizing. And I'm like, all I needed in that moment was someone to sit there and say, like, yeah, it's stupid. I'm sorry. Like, or not even I'm sorry, just like, yeah, it's shit. And so uh -huh. that's so much more validating yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Reassuring. <laughs> um, yeah, rather than trying to solve it even. Mm -hmm. Like, because it's not always something that can be solved. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think me and my partner struggle with sometimes or have in the past. Thinking a bit better now, communication is an ongoing progress to be made in relationships. Um, but, you know, like, it, it would be like, I'm feeling this way and it's like, how can I help? And it's like, well, you don't necessarily, like, there's nothing that you can do to stop this. I have sometimes irrational anxieties and I overthink things and like some, like some things can't just be fixed or made better. Just like acknowledge that I'm feeling crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Sometimes you just want to be distracted from that rather than sit and think about how to fix it in that moment. Yeah, it's really hard to solve our problems sometimes while we're still moving through them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when we talk about feeling low, what does that look like for both of you? I mean, Beth, you've talked a little bit about a lot of negative self-talk and kind of getting into a bit of a dark space. Yeah, I mean, like my relationship with sadness, I think the way I deal with being low has massively changed and evolved throughout my life um, and my journey with mental illness, I guess. Um, I used to like shove it down. And then when it started to come out, I was, uh, I got into self-harming and it got to a very low point and um, there was suicide attempts. So that was obviously rock bottom. And for then for a while, it was kind of, I was put onto sertraline, which for me personally is not good at all. It doesn't help anything. Uh, for me personally, I know people who it works well for, so that's great. Um, but for me, it just kind of made me quite numb. I didn't really feel anything, which is kind of worse in some respects because it's kind of like, if you don't feel anything, then what's the point of doing anything? You know, it doesn't even make you sad. It doesn't make you happy. But I did kind of still have extreme sads. It was just none of the highs. Um, so I think I went through like quite a reckless phase, which I've told you, Rosanna, about quite a lot and did some drugs and like, was a bit like, you know, had a few sexual partners at once, which I don't regret one tiny bit. It was a good time. <laughs> um, just kind of some reckless behavior, stuff that wasn't necessarily like me, um, just to kind of feel something. And then I eventually ended up coming off of sertraline. By the end of it, I was on 250 milligrams a day for about a year which is quite a lot to be numbed down for for so long um and rather than suggesting a different medication or more therapy it was just kind of upped more uh which wasn't helpful I also had a very long time struggle with insomnia which has only really come become better in the last year so I've been on different medication which is very helpful um 
Um, now for me, like when I'm low, I might cry a lot. It might be a very cry episode. I might be really angry uh, when I can can throw some things around to try to minimize damage. It tends to be like cushions or something soft uh, to throw around the room uh, to get the rage out. Or it might just be like, just feeling a bit futile. It's a bit nothingy. Mm. Apathetic. Apathetic, yeah. Healthier ways of processing when I'm down. And, you know, I know more about self-care and I know what I can do to distract myself and the people that I can call and rely on to help me through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like we add to our toolboxes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and usually that's going through some shit. Yeah. And then (laughs) like, oh, this is the thing that helped me that time. Put that in the toolbox. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly, slowly add to it. Yeah. Um, That can be like people to call or nice food to eat or, you know. um, I think the big. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think a big thing for me was to like learn to take out some tools like self-harming and tools that are not helpful and ultimately don't do anything but hurt me more in the future and that kind of thing and you know substitute those with other tools like plants and friends and there's more healthy things that will actually give me something back in the future when it's over yeah yeah definitely I had a really not and not to um, project or overshadow or anything, but also being someone who struggled with self harm, and that progressed in my early twenties to tattooing, mm. which was an interesting, um, interesting progression of it. Um, and yeah, it's like how do you take how do you take that out of something that you turn to when you're feeling low? Mm-hmm and and yeah replace it with something else that isn't harmful yeah I think that's such an amazing trade-off that you made like now you get to leave a mark that is like beautiful artwork on your body instead of you know like scars and things I don't have any tattoos but I intend on getting some so if you're ever in Bristol mm-hmm. uh, you'll definitely have to give me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> And Rosanna, what about you for when you're feeling well? Um, I, I'm a crier. I cry a lot for long, long periods of time. Um, sometimes I just, it just comes out and I'm not really sure why. And I'm not like physically crying. There's just tears coming out of my eyes. Um, so there's a lot of crying when I'm sad. There's also, you can kind of tell how I'm feeling by like the state of my room and my diet and my general habits. Um, if I'm feeling low then my room is a mess I'm eating like chips for dinner every night um and I kind of like try and keep those things in check I can kind of recognize those recognize those signs Uh, and I said to Beth the other day I think maybe I'm a bit depressed like stuff like I won't have a shower for a week or something and I just feel gross and it just makes me feel worse but it's that like cycle of you know like motivation and like what's the point there's nowhere to go there's nothing to do what's the point um but yeah I don't know I just I just try and keep myself happy by doing things like I'll treat myself to some nice food um I will go and buy something I don't need which is something that I need to stop doing (laughs) um but it just yeah I don't know it kind of 
gives me a reason to get out and there aren't a lot of reasons at the moment that was a bit of a tangent but it's all about being sad and dealing with the sadness Mm -hmm. which I yeah I do in my own ways yeah yeah sometimes you have to be in it to um and it sounds like you've been you've been dealing with that you know quite a bit and it's cyclical in a weird Mm. bizarre way like I can definitely see what you mean like with routines falling in and out yeah and Um, it's it's strange adjusting to now being self-employed as well because generally I'm a lot happier um when I was in full-time work I hated it so much I really struggled I was signed off many times um and then just always had that guilt as well of letting people down and what the team thought of me and that kind of thing and it was just not it's just I wasn't built for that environment um and that structure I just feel so bitter about spending all day inside so I was a lot sadder then um and it was a lot harder to deal with but I feel like now my main goal is that I'm my own boss and I'm there so everything else is kind of I'm just going with it and I can be happy knowing that tomorrow I can do whatever the hell I want so to some degree I mean not so much right now yeah oh that's an incredible shift to make from working for someone else to working for yourself it's pretty scary during the pandemic as well but um yeah I'm surrounded by amazing people who can give great advice so I'm in a good position yeah and it's like it's such a scary thing like it takes a a huge amount of bravery I think to turn anything you love doing Mm -hmm. into a job um I mean we live in a capitalist society so that's what we're taught to do (laughs) if you love it money from it But it is, it is a huge risk because you are putting yourself out there. I mean, going to markets, like both of you, like incredible mm-hmm. to sit there with the things that you make on display and talk to people and tell them about it and share it and put a little bit of your love into like all of these tiny little things and then put it out into the world. It's a really, really beautiful thing. It's so a great I just feeling. Want... Yeah. yeah. This market's the oh. lot. Mm. Yeah, it must be hard to not have that kind of sense of community in the same way where you're seeing the same faces every weekend. Yeah, there's definitely something that I think I struggle with the most at the moment in the lockdown is, yeah, just not seeing the familiar faces and having the nice little interactions in the community. We're in a really beautiful little part of Bristol that's right in the middle, like bang in the middle of the countryside. And then there's the city when it's open, it's close by. And there's a really strong community vibe here and us being small business owners who work in this community and like this is our demographic and everything. Uh, it, it's just, I just really miss being a part of it. I don't really feel like a functioning part of everything right now. And I, I loved that about the life before COVID. Mm. Oh, that's shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> shit. It's very shit. <laughs> <laughs> Would you guys say that you're spiritual people? I I am definitely a, a spiritual person. Yeah. I'd say I am an open-minded skeptic. I yeah. think that's the best way I can put it. 
Do you practice any spiritual like rituals or anything like that that help with your wellness? So I've been getting into um, sort of like witchcraft, uh, spectrum of spirituality for the last couple of years, I guess, but more so in the last few months since pandemic and everything. Um, so I have some tarot cards now. I enjoy doing a little tarot reading. Um, Rosanna got me a really beautiful moon chart, which is up on my altar in my room. Uh, so I've been trying to do readings at every full moon and having a ritual bath with the can Rosanna's candles that she makes, which are beautiful, and um, essential oils and the crystals and that kind of thing. Um, it's definitely something that, like, when I was a massive skeptic for so long, up until maybe four or five years ago, and my mom is very spiritual, and she would always tell me to put it out to the universe, and I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, mom what am I going to ask for money and then win the lottery Uh, and then it kind of got to a point and I was like I have nothing to lose (laughs) I've tried a lot of other things that don't fill the void and uh yeah it's excited to be a bit more open-minded about things started reading a bit more and when I got into plants I started to read about the backgrounds of theirs and a lot of plants are tied into Mm -hmm. cultures religions and it's it's all fascinating and I think ultimately I just believe in energies positive and bad energies and you can put the positivity in it or you can put the negativity in it but whatever you put out is going to come back to you so I try and put out as much positivity as I can and hope that it comes back around karma is that bitch and I love her so (laughs) yeah I'm definitely a spiritual person we talk about spirituality quite a lot we do yeah because I was done some tarot readings yeah I kind of take more of like um if it makes you if it helps you if it makes you feel better if it improves your well-being then absolutely do it and enjoy it and I can totally see the benefits of it um I also think that it's incredibly personal and no two person has the same beliefs um and kind of sense of spirituality but personally yeah I I enjoy aspects of it um but it's more just about how it makes me feel it make me feel relaxed or something like doing the tarot cards I don't believe that it's predicting my future or able to you know tell me <clears throat> what's going on and why but then I can take what I need from it and apply it to things in my life and that is just a really helpful thing for me um and the thing is like I am a skeptic but I live with Beth and I have seen how many times the universe or something has answered her <laughs> prayers it's it's really is I don't know I can't explain it but it, I've seen it I've seen the process of Beth having asked the universe for some support in some way and then a few weeks later or a month or something and everything kind of turns around and it's like okay it's happening loads I can't <laughs> deny that anymore yeah and there was also the time that you had lost your notebook and we like <laughs> couldn't find it anywhere and looked for weeks and I looked for like half an hour with you, got right under the bed, just turned out the window and in my head just said, please, you know, <laughs> please just let us find it. And then we found it like two seconds later. After I had like torn my room apart looking yeah. for it. <laughs> Which I mean, people want to think that's just stupid coincidence. That's why I don't care. But, you know, I like to think that there is forces that have my back and if I'm putting good out into the world then ultimately that's going to come back around and I mean I got I got Rosanna <laughs> 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 yeah 
things only really happened and appeared to me when I started to get more spiritual and to get more involved with that kind of thing and open up my mind and stop being so pessimistic. I mean, it's fine, you can believe what you want to believe, but it's nicer for me now to think that there is not necessarily a reason, but I can I can benefit this world by being in it. And I can just have a nice interaction with someone and that can make their day better, make someone else's day better, you know, butterfly effect and all that kind of thing. Yeah. The power of manifestation is pretty incredible. And mm-hmm. um, what I, I read something or heard something recently, like within the last week, and it was, you know, like even when you put intentions into the universe, into or manifestations and they don't happen like that's still like they didn't happen because that wasn't going to benefit you in the way that you thought Mm -hmm. or something that happened really recently so me and my partner have been talking a lot about getting a camper van and we were like oh yeah like if we have a car and then we can get a bigger van that we can take on trips and and take surfing and then the dog can stay in the van and you know just talking about it and then a week later our car died oh yeah <laughs> and it was like yep. well do we get another car or like do we get a van and so <laughs> we'd spent all this energy into like manifesting this van but like the universe doesn't understand that mm-hmm. that didn't mean we wanted our car yeah. to die <laughs> yeah I mean I remember from your other podcast about um talking about the universe doesn't deal in like yes or no well um it's just yeah it is that thing and that's and it reminds me of my one of my best friends from back home Kirsty is just very very spiritual more so than I am <laughs> full-on witchy lady um she manifested her son because <laughs> every single mm. time that I would speak to her we, we'd talk on the FaceTime like at least once a week and just for like maybe six months she just really wanted to have a baby and she was just kind of like oh well I'm getting older and she's got MS and she was concerned that that was going to affect her fertility and everything like that every single time we spoke she said she wants a baby what if she can't have a baby what if this doesn't happen and then one day she phoned me and said that she was pregnant and she was like I just don't understand how and I was like well you manifested the baby like obviously you've asked for it every single time and now she's obviously very happy. She's got an amazing life with her beautiful baby boy and her amazing partner, who I knew from my college days. It's crazy that they've ended up together, but they are soulmates and it's beautiful. Oh, I love when things work out like that. Yeah. And like, yeah, like if you put intention, you put, you know, just put the vibes out, then they're going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be pretty magic, but, and also in that, like, you can take what you want from it, mm-hmm. right? I really like that, Rosanna, like what you said, you know, like, I'm finding that a lot with astrology lately, because mm. so much of it is over my head, mm. but yeah, you can take what you want from it, and you can leave the rest. Definitely, it it's, a, yeah, and- it's a personal choice, and I think that if you can, yeah, I, it's helped me in my own way, by doing it my own way and it's it's kind of changed I used to be <clears throat> a lot more of a stubborn skeptic um and just if I didn't believe it, it was wrong <laughs> which isn't a, a good mindset at all um but I think since like meeting Beth who is spiritual but is very um open-minded about it and 
you know, understands that not everyone's going to have the same beliefs. It's allowed me to get rid of that kind of angry skeptic um, and kind of realize that I can, I can just do it how I want. That's fine. I don't have to like argue against it and say it's wrong and it's not like scientifically possible or anything like that. That's not helpful. That's not a helpful conversation. <laughs> um, for, like in terms of well-being. So yeah, I've taken from it what I kind of like and I feel helps me. Um, and I'm pretty happy about it. I'm happy to not be that skeptic anymore. Yeah. It's, I, I really like the idea that, um, like tarot cards in specific, like they're not going to ever tell you anything you don't already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They're only going to clarify what's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. Like I do the past, present, future um, advice mm-hmm. reading. Every, I'm not really like up into the complex ones yet. And I don't think about anything when I'm shuffling the cards because like the way I see it and I don't sit and put my hand over the you know spread out deck and feel for energy or anything like that which I know other people do and that's fine but to me I'm just kind of like well if a card is going to show then it's going to show whether I do that or not and I don't have to also if like I don't agree or I don't see where that like what that reading means um, I don't have to take anything from it I don't have to be offended or upset by what the cards say but um there's been a few times when that's happened and then reflecting back on those readings I'm like oh yeah something like that did kind of happen after mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean again that's just all perspective and sort of imposing your experience onto the cards which I think yeah. they're good for that just for gaining more perspective yeah I mean so much of this life is seeing ourselves mirrored in the world around us and that's just another element of that yeah, I really, I used, when I first started reading, I'd be like shuffle because I have, I have round cards and mm-hmm. so they can be kind of tricky to shuffle and I'd just be like, whichever one I dropped. Yeah. <laughs> like while I was trying to shuffle, I was like, that's, that's the card, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> it literally just flew out of the deck. Yeah. My friend Kirsty always does it with her deck. She calls them like jumping cards and she thinks they're the, they're the best ones. <laughs> they're the ones, the true insight those are. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how has growing and changing your both of your like relationships with yourselves affected like your relationships with other people, either with each other, with family, with your support networks, et cetera, for worse or for better? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I've kind of mentioned earlier, I've become more just like bucket. Um, I don't really do things to please other people so much anymore. Um, I'm living for myself, I'm single, and I'm just eating food in my bed all night, having a good time. <laughs> and I'm like, I just think that it's, it's given me time to appreciate things about myself. And I've always really enjoyed my own company. Um, so yeah, I've just kind of had a lot of nice alone time. Um, and because now I'm like, fuck it, I'm feeling more confident when I'm talking to people. So it's kind of allowed me to make like new connections, um, going to the studio and talking to people in the studio and having a chat, which usually I wouldn't want to do because um, I just feel so self-conscious. But now like I can be there and just chat to whoever else is in. And it's really nice. I just 
it's made me feel a lot less lonely. <laughs> yeah, at the end, don't you? Um, so, for, I mean, yeah, lot, obviously lots of like personal growth that I've gone through in like maybe the, the most last six years. And I've had a lot of different like friendship groups throughout that time as well. Um, when I moved to Bristol, I didn't really know anyone else who was here and it was kind of on a whim. It, I decided like, and then I was here after two weeks after deciding I was gonna move here. Um, so I kind of, I made friends with the people who lived by me and at uni and whatever. Um, but I wasn't really the same person I am now. So the friends that I made then and not necessary friends I would make now, it was more like circumstantial. And I think when I started to gain more confidence when I came off of the search and lean and like found my feet again, sort of like remembered things that made me happy. And um, I started committing to uni again because for the first semester I was just a ghost. I was not there. <laughs> and I kind of went back in and got my confidence there. Um, and I, especially after leaving uni, I went through a bit of a shitty time where I just kind of lost basically all of my friends uh, through a rubbish breakup with someone who was also in the same friendship group. And it all just kind of crumbled and uh, it was really hard. But now I'm really grateful for that experience because during that time I fell in love with plants and I got really into house plants and then I found terrariums and that's obviously a huge part of what I do now, um, a big part of why I've been able to get myself employed. Um, and it kind of made me learn more about myself and grow again. And now I have just the best friends ever because now they're suited to who I am now in my life as this person I've evolved into. And they appreciate me for the things that perhaps the other people didn't really like when it when I got more confidence or whatever it was, you know. So is that an answer to the question? Can I just <laughs> go on a tangent? Yeah, I think definitely. Yeah, just in how you relate, you know, from yourself to other people. And and yeah, I think that's an important to, thing to recognize. Like when, when we've created connections with humans who, yeah, maybe don't know us as we truly are, that we've only shown an aspect of ourselves to. And then when they see the whole picture, it's, not they're not up for the they're not up for being an authentic friend yeah <laughs> that's fine yeah and they can go in the fuck it back yeah it back. <laughs> yeah I mean it's I still have like um I'm still grateful for the experiences I had with people who I'm not friends with anymore and maybe the person I am and da, 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 but don't tend to dwell on that as much anymore because it used to get me down quite a lot so fuck it back it <laughs> Yeah, bucket bucket, stop being people pleasers. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Like, I've been listening to this book lately that um, Africa Brooke recommended. Mm -hmm. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked. Mm -hmm. And it's very philosophical. Um, so I'm slow going through it. But yeah, it's, it's basically all about like, um, you know, when we're our most authentic selves, we're not going to be liked by everybody. And we don't like everybody anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, like getting rid of the, the people pleasing aspects of ourselves that tend to put us in not nice situations. Yeah. Either, I mean, even, that we don't want to be in. sorry. Um, even earlier before mm -hmm. this, you were, we were talking about being a bit nervous 
Mm. And you said it was because you were worried of like that people would have like an opinion of you that you like, you know, and I felt that as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck it, but also yeah, there's always gonna be a part of you, I think, me, anyone. Um, that is uh, it's like I think it's just having self-awareness. Um and I just don't want to come off in a certain way not because people won't like me but I just don't I just don't want to be a dick I I don't want to come across as someone who isn't a good person because the 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 thought of that just makes me feel really sad (laughs) Um, Mm. but then like I don't feel like I can control what anyone else thinks of me and I know that I'm not a bad person so really and like my friends and the people I love know that um and yeah you can't you can't like I don't think that everyone else in the world is a good person like I'm going off on one but yeah (laughs) well it's this idea that like and this I don't know if you've ever had this thought or um or heard it or read it or whatever come across it but um somebody who's a bad person doesn't worry if they're a bad person yeah I've yeah. seen that and I found it very like <laughs> makes sense it was yeah, it was reassuring it's nice it's like slightly cheesy but um I got some comfort from that. yeah that's actually something that a therapist told me she's like um we we're talking about intrusive thoughts um and it's something I've mm. like I have such a guilty conscience I'll I would just feel so bad about the slightest thing if I've completely accidentally upset someone in any way it just I feel so awful um so yeah the therapist was saying to me that someone who is bad or does these bad things doesn't wonder whether they are a bad person because they're doing it and she's she explained that a lot of people do have intrusive thoughts um and yeah it was really validating for her to say that that's just a normal thing it's an intrusive thought and it doesn't mean you're a bad person you can't control every single thought that you have so mm-hmm. that was nice to hear yeah that's that's got a lot of power to it I think like every intrusive thought isn't truth mm-hmm. um and knowing knowing how to recognize that and you know put that in the fuck it bucket too um how do you seek out support from others um well I, I, I live with Rosanna so go upstairs uh if she's home <laughs> um and phone my mom phone my support system back home like my friend Kirsty, who I mentioned and already good friend Ewan who's in Bristol will have a FaceTime hang or you know have just just even just chatting on messenger or whatsapp whatever it is um yeah I just kind of let people know that I'm having a bad day or sometimes I don't even do that I just message them see how they are because I don't necessarily want to talk about my bad day I just want to talk about something else I think I mean I usually call my mom if I'm having any kind of issue I mean yesterday our the, the gas ran out we're on a key thing so we have to top up the key and the gas ran out and we had no hot water or anything last night and we're aware that the boy is quite old so I think we were both quite anxious about a gas leak or like a carbon monoxide leak or something we were both kind of like aware of that um I mean it's 
it's all completely fine. We're both quite anxious people. Um, but I, I sent my mum some really anxious messages like, this has just happened. Are we going to die? Is there going to be an explosion? And then about an hour later, I kind of like just chilled out a bit and forgotten about the whole thing and just messaged her like, just ignore those. He like, I'm fine. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. <laughs> So I always go straight to my mum. <laughs> I mean, if, if you're not around Beth, I'll go to you and then call my mum. Because mum's, yeah, I don't know, she's always been the person that I can tell her absolutely anything and she won't judge me and she won't tell me off for it. And she loves me unconditionally. So I just feel so comforted by her. Um, and I, I feel like I seek a lot of reassurance from people. Um, because I am an anxious person and I have doubts and I have imposter syndrome and all of that. Um, so I find it really useful to have the support net network, um, people to tell you that you're not delusional, that you can do it um, and that you are talented and, you know, can, well, I'm talking specifically about being self-employed and having that encouragement um, I definitely, definitely rely on people for reassurance as well as my own kind of feelings as well. Yeah, external processing, super valid. Like, I think we all, you know, do it in some form or that it's helpful in some form to process through conversations with others. And like positive affirmations are love language, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so, so having that reassurance and that validation, or even just like, you know, the, the validation of like, yeah, that's shit, or um, someone being able to tell you that it's going to be okay when you're really worried about something and, and having that safety net, I think is I'm glad that you both kind of cultivated that for yourselves. It's a really healthy, <laughs> healthy support network. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice for how to build a network of supportive human beings in your life? I mean, yeah, I think when I started realizing that I had power and a decision about who is in my life and um kind of started like learning more about who I was realized that actually maybe I do need to be around more people who have anxiety or suffer with depression or want to be self-employed because some of my old support systems I didn't understand I was same same as Rosanna I really 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 hated being employed elsewhere and you had proper jobs in council mm. and court readings and all that kind of stuff and I was just in cafes not just but I was in cafes and in retail and I hated it so much it made me like physically sick being at work because of the anxiety and the dread and all that kind of thing and the people around me didn't really understand that and it kind of made me feel like I was wrong there was something not right with me like why couldn't I just work why didn't they feel like desperate to not be working for someone else like I did and then I kind of realized actually there are other people like that. I'm just not around them. And then I started casting my net a bit wider and, you know, trying to, and when I went self-employed and especially when I started doing markets, which was a month before I ended up quitting my job, that helped so much. It kind of just like, damn, like whole world of people who want to be 
a business bitch and like working for themselves just like me who can give me advice and da, da, da. um I forgot the question <laughs> so advice <laughs> would be to sort of identify what it is like if you feel like you don't have people around you who understand you then try and think like what is it about you that you feel they don't understand and for me that was like a lot of that was wanting to be self-employed and having that kind of mindset in life which is different to what, being happy in a nine to five which is also totally fine and acceptable if that's what you want to do but um yeah identifying what, the, what it is that you're missing and trying to find people who share that with you makes it a lot easier to talk about that kind of thing um and definitely like start at home with your mom if you have a good relationship with your mom if she's around or family or just closest friends whatever kind of family you have because they know you the best ultimately most of the time so it's, it's a good place to start and then practice opening up with them and eventually it's it's pretty easy it's nice to open up to people it's nice to be sat here opening up to you about everything and having you do that back we don't this is the first time we've seen each other and spoken you know but there's definitely power in that yeah I think it's how we build genuine human connections mm -hmm. and I mean it can be tricky like I don't know if you, either of you have ever had the experience of opening up or being vulnerable to somebody who uh wasn't accepting of that definitely yeah <laughs> um and that's yeah it's hard not to um you know let that define every experience and and vulnerability takes practice mm -hmm. and honesty takes practice and sharing big feels takes practice but yeah um, I mean yeah I've definitely had that and it is tough and you feel knocked back and I had a good therapist and I told her about the things that were said and she was like that wasn't very nice I was like oh okay it's not just me then that wasn't nice all right so yeah again mm -hmm. it's, it's saying it shit helps yeah yeah definitely I'm just thinking I'm thinking I'm trying to like think about what my answer is but I'm still thinking about what you've just been talking about um <laughs> I mean I always find it a lot easier to connect with people if there's something to bond over um like with us it was the business and everything else we have in common and I think it just gives you things to talk about and get excited about and you can send each other like videos of dogs and stuff and mm. the, the person will be as excited about it as you are and just like mm. having that connection I think is something that I really value um just I don't know that closeness and um I completely lost what I was saying makes it easier to open yeah to yeah yeah it's, yeah it makes it easier to have a good conversation with someone um for me like I find it a bit difficult just to kind of start a conversation um unless there's something that we can talk about and it kind of gives me like ammo to go in with um so I think if you can, yeah, find people that you have anything, anything in common, it would be like the smallest thing. But if you both have a passion for it, you can share that. And that just like, I feel like, I don't know, our friendship kind of was built around mm. our businesses. And like this, it's also intertwined. Yeah, well, so uh, yeah, I was thinking about it when I was answering your questions earlier. I've got like pages I'm not using in my own. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. that 
so I think like we became friends and we started we bonded over like both really liking Lizzo and like we don't really drink we just prefer to like stay at home and watch stupid YouTube videos and that kind of thing um and then we when we got like really close was I was going through a really difficult time in like my personal life and I was I was at a crisis point and you came over and I was at crisis point it was maybe the third or fourth time fourth time that we had hung out yeah um so I was kind of like well should I even bring her into this <laughs> I don't want to scare her off with me at crisis mode but felt like already felt like you would be understanding because we had already talked about anxiety and that kind of thing and then so you were there for me at that point and then not long like a couple of weeks after you had a situation when you were kind of in crisis point mm. and so I mean going through that together helped us obviously helped us be able to kind of talk about going through that because we were there together when it happened when one of those things had happened so yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's advice necessarily. You go and have a breakdown with your friends, see if it <laughs> makes it easier. Um, but I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, if we look at it like I'm saying, if you can be vulnerable with someone, then that will help you to be vulnerable with them, essentially, you know. You can show them. Sometimes it's easier to show them than it is to explain it. And you mentioned earlier, sometimes it's hard to explain it when you're not in that moment. Um so yeah I mean I don't mean like speak on someone but it was definitely something that made us a lot uh, yeah. quicker. I think the first time we hung out I came around yours and I was there for like a good five five hours maybe yeah um, and you were kind of like not necessarily feeling like you were a bit anxious yeah I was shitting over. myself yeah and I was like oh should I invite is she gonna think I'm a weirdo <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, it's just it had been such a long time since I like made a friend by myself <laughs> It's nice to meet friends. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, but we just we just like talked um and for ages and it felt like oh, this is so cheesy, but it did. It felt like we had known each other for a really long time. Yeah, it did. Which is nice because it just felt so easy from there. Yeah. I think like I don't want this to sound like our advice is to find your soulmate, because that's not great advice because you can't just find them. But I think what we mean is like what I think I mean is that like I've been on this whole massive journey with massive dips and massive peaks and stuff and I really do feel like all of it led me to the point of meeting Rosanna at that market and I think she came into into my life at the exact right time it was long enough since my big culling of friends well they all kind of left my life um that I could trust again I guess or I was open to like having friends because friendships are like relationships essentially and you can get trust issues from friendships just as easy as you can from a romantic partner and I had a lot of like emotional scarring around that um but I think it all led me up to the point of being able to be really open with this person who I have a lot in common with and we have similar goals in life and I think luck is just a combination of like timing and hard work and I think that still relates even though it's not work because I worked hard to become the person I am now and so did you and so did you I'm sure so you know get the timing right as well mm -hmm. if you can. that's really oh. I'm cheering up now oh. like, <laughs> if everybody cries once in a podcast <laughs> like, it's a good podcast yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> 
Can we talk a little bit about each of your crafts? Like how did you become a terrarium builder and a candle maker? <laughs> yeah, um, well the, the terrariums, I kind of touched on it earlier. I got really into plants mm. because I lost all my friends. <laughs> so it's, it's a difficult way. I don't know how to phrase it all the time, but I went through a time without many friends. My friend Ewan was there, I want to shout out to you if, because I love him a lot and he helped me through. Um, but I started working in a really beautiful home independent giftware shop with the best boss in the world. And they had a lot of plants and I was like, hey, these are really beautiful and they can't run away from me <laughs> and I can give them love and they'll just give me love back if I do it right. And it was like formulaic and made sense. And then I got into, you know, Pinterest, falling down Pinterest holes and found terrariums. And I'm also really passionate about recycling and re renew, repurpose. Um, and so I started making them in glassware from trash shops and all that kind of stuff, which is, I love it. It's, it's super fun. It's you know, maybe the love of my life. Many things the love of my life, I think. <laughs> but that's definitely one of them. And it's amazing to be able to celebrate plants and nature but also not harm the planet while doing it um and because i get my glass from charity shops i get to feel good about it, it goes charity it's just a nice wholesome craft and i'm really lucky that i get to do it for a living even if it's not the most affluent living <laughs> it's a living and that's amazing and i'm super lucky and grateful for it mm. oh i'm so glad that you found plants yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mm. And you, Rosanna, how do you, I remember, I mean, I remember you starting yeah, your business. Yeah, you were there. Um, um, little, little baby candles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes I scroll back on my Instagram with the old girls and babies. <laughs> um, I honestly, it was a bit of a blur. It was, I started um, in March 2018, I think. Um, and I just moved back from London to the Isle of Wight, back to my mum's. Um, I was really ill. I had like this huge ulcer on my lip, infected ulcer, and I think it was all just stress. I was really unhappy and my body was showing that. Um, so I don't know, I was, yeah, I moved back to my mum's. I didn't have, no, I did have a job. I was working three days a week and I'd just come out of a nine to five job in London. Um, so yeah, I was just a bit sad and I think I just decided to make candles. I really can't like pinpoint the moment or like even the day or the process. I can't remember whether I made lip balms first or candles next. I definitely, I definitely started with, um, candles, I think, because I had leftover wax and then made them into lip balms one way. I don't know. It's a blur. I think it's because because I was so unhappy. You know, when you've like when you've had a panic attack and you come out of it, you've it's, it's done and you just feel a bit numb and a bit hazy. Um, mm. And it was just like a bit like that. So looking back at the start of it, I really just don't know the origin story very well. <laughs> it's just kind of left my brain. But um, I love it and it's enabled me to be my own boss, which was one of my only dreams that I'm getting a dog and I'm sorted. Um, so it's great. And to be able to donate to charity through the business as well, um, that's really nice. I just donated a big chunk to um, a food bank 
and to Green and Black Cross who um, provide legal aid and support at protests. Um, so that was an amazing feeling. And my business to me, it has to be meaningful. It can't just be something that makes me money. It has to be more than that because I don't see myself really as a business person. I don't see myself as like the capitalist business owner. Um, so being able to do things like donate to charity and make like really nice connections with people, I want it to stay that way. And I, I never want it to kind of grow beyond the point where it's just me doing what I love. That's a really, yeah, I, I absolutely love that you started it with the intention of um, giving back of, mm. you know, um, it being something that you love. And yeah, I think, I just think if every business started with the intention of knowing that they have a responsibility yeah yeah uh, within their communities like then we'd be in a much much better state of society in my opinion but um so I just really want to commemorate and honor that you do that because it's a beautiful thing for you to be able Thank to you. I, I do feel like you know it's the least I can do oh I wouldn't want to do it any other way <laughs> yeah what brings you unbridled joy oh that question that question in itself is just like so full of joy. <laughs> um, I had a list in my book. But I mean, it's just just like moments with people that I love. Um, like Christmas, we always have a big Christmas disco and dance and sing in the kitchen. And I love that. That brings me a lot of joy. And sitting on our sofa with Rosanna and playing Sims for hours, not really talking sometimes, <laughs> just binge watching The Office is great. And drawing and um, doing my terrariums, both those things, amazing. My workshops, when I can do them again, I miss those a lot. They brought me a lot of joy just to be able to like connect with other humans through drawing or through making a terrarium was really nice. Um, and me with my dog. I miss my dog a lot. She's back home in Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like doggies, doggies. <laughs> my answer is doggies. Um, uh, they, I, I just love dogs. They just, even if I get to see one dog on the street, it's like worth leaving the house for. Yeah. Um, and also being outside, um, like being in the middle of a load of greenery, Green just makes me happy, <laughs> well, especially when it's a natural green, a plant green. Um, and the odd moment, like at the moment, um, where I'm able to like socialize with other people, where it's just maybe speaking to someone in the studio or meeting my friend Sarah today. And yeah, sitting on the sofa all night playing Sims and comparing our Sims houses. <laughs> downloading custom content and comparing it and it's just it's joyful <laughs> that's beautiful such a beautiful <laughs> joy I love it <laughs> oh I'm glad that you can both find um things that brighten up your your life and and that you can recognize them as well because I don't know if the question was reversed right away 
that I would have an answer right yeah. now. Yeah. You're like, ah, what does joy feel like? Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, doing this podcast. Yeah. This podcast brings me joy, connecting with humans, having genuine conversations with people I've never met before. Yeah. Is um, definitely a joyful, joyful thing. Yeah. I just, I can't thank you enough for being here with me today and sharing and just being so open and honest and getting to the big feels like it can it can be a lot and so I really want to let you both know that I appreciate your vulnerability and that too um where can we find you on the internet and in person anywhere I mean I guess markets aren't on at the moment yeah where can we find you online (laughs) um so we have we're a part of a collective that we started last year um we're called the cove so you can find us through there. Um, or you can find my terrariums at Botanical Boot on Instagram and my artwork at Boot Illustration on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and my Instagram is at Bellar Botanicals and the website is bellarbotanicals.com. Yeah, exactly. and those links will be down in the description too so that people can very easily and accessibly find your stuff. Thank you so much for <laughs> chatting with us. It's been really, really lovely to meet you and properly put a face to the name. And also, like, I really love your Instagram content and zines and podcasts. And thank you for being vulnerable with everyone else because, like, we've ended up having like amazing conversations and stuff sparked off of things that you've shared or done with the podcast and zines and your Instagram and that's like enabled us to be closer as well (laughs) so check done I can stop doing stuff now because that's everything (laughs) no thank you thank you so much um lots of love for you both yeah to you how lucky I am to be able to have such big conversations across oceans with friends new and old and ones who drop in and out of my life but also hold such a beautiful space for my whole being. Every time I I sit on an episode for a little bit or I take a little bit longer editing it or there's a gap between my interviews and sometimes I can kind of forget why and how much these episodes really fill up my heart and how whole I feel as a being when I can come into the space and have these big conversations and have that vulnerability and and really truly connect with other human beings. So thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time to tune in and to open yourself up a little bit. And if there's just one thing that you want to do to help this podcast, just share it with one other friend that you think might enjoy it. If you're really keen, you can go on wherever you listen to podcasts and rate and review because that's super helpful. And if you're extra, extra keen, I do have a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash kinda okay where you can directly support the podcast and get extra comics that nobody else gets to see and lots of bonus content and things like that. Um, But even if you just listen, even if you just took some time today, um, that means a lot to me. So thank you.
and stay weird and wonderful. Until next time.